I'm, I'm going away. Hang on. You're coming with me, Mark. We're flying around the room now. It's like long, long haul um, house discovery. <laughs> Hello, welcome to List Envy. My name is Mark Stedman, and every time I do one of these intros, it is uh, it's a roulette as to as to what we're going to get. Because um, I don't write them down, uh, I like to shoot from the hip. I just recorded one with the, the abandoned straight away, in which I just went, "Stop whatever you're doing and pay attention to me." Um, which is kind of, I mean, that's sort of what I'm asking you to do. But you chose to listen to this, so thank you for doing that. My name is Mark Stedman, and you are listening to uh, List Envy. The collaborative list building podcast every week i speak to a guest and together we work on a top five list on a topic that they choose and yeah i did all that from memory um what you're gonna what you're gonna do about it um we just wrapped up our music season last week uh, which is a four episode uh season of, uh, of of music i mean all of the words were there um and uh and and i urge you to go back uh to uh to check that out because i guarantee you there is some stuff in there that you won't have heard before and i think you will really enjoy so um listenvypod.com where you will also find all the details on how to get in touch with uh the show and also if you are new to the world of podcasting you if you are not someone who is a habitual podcast listener and you'd like to make your life a little bit easier and get it on your phone um, get new episodes automatically delivered to you uh then listenvypod.com has you covered as well because there's a how to listen page which walks you through the whole process and it's really simple and free um so you can do that you can also sign up for the newsletter where you get um extra little tidbits as well as um, this episode delivered directly into your inbox. Uh, so you'll find all of that at listenvypod.com. So to this episode, it is with um, the self-styled entrepreneur's godmother and team sales coach, Alison Edgar. Uh, Alison is also a, a business author and a speaker. And um, I want to thank uh, Maria Franzoni for helping me find some really interesting people to speak to uh, or to speak with, I should say. I know it's an Americanism, but I always prefer speak with. It just feels more collaborative. And that's kind of where we're going with this um so yeah there's there's a few really um really fun and, and interesting guests uh coming up um and i want to thank uh, maria for for making that possible uh and at some point hopefully we will get maria on here as well um but this episode is all about our top four or five uh, i should say because that's the, how the show works it's our top five long haul destinations now i've traveled a bit um, not all long haul. I've done a little bit. Most of it's been the States. And so uh, some of this for me is here's some places that I'd like to go to and here's some places what I've been to. Um, whereas Alison's Alison's flown a lot and she's, uh, yeah, because, you know, as a, as a, an international um, jet setting speaker, she's, uh, she's gone and, and, and spoken to and, and, you know, uh, and holidayed in in really interesting places so uh, she's got a really good perspective on this. So if you're planning a holiday um, or, you know, just, well, I was going to say, if you're planning on speaking anywhere, that doesn't really work because you kind of go where the work takes it. Anyway, um, if you just want to sit and lament the fact that summer is over and now think about places that are sunny all the time and have really nice beaches, this is definitely the episode for you. So draw the curtains, um, get yourself a nice um, a nice hot toddy or, you know, something something warming and uh, curl up and, and enjoy this uh, this episode um, with, uh, with myself and Alison Edgar talking about our top five long-haul destinations. I love travel. Um, I think coming, being brought up in a small town um, just outside Glasgow, a lot of 
people from small towns, including my family originally, they don't see the world outside the small town. So I actually left uh, Scotland when I was 20. I turned 21 on my first long haul flight. Um, And I just, I, I tell you what I do love. I love looking at a map of the world. And you feel sometimes that in your own life, the, the little or the things that happen in your life are the biggest thing in the world to you. But when you actually look on the map of the world, you see how insular, how tiny little ants we are. And I think it helps me feel that my problems are so not insignificant. Everybody's problems are important, but in relation to the whole world, it, it's it's you know, tiny. So I think it helps me to stay calm and look at things in perspective. I know that sounds a wee bit odd, but that's how I look at the world. That makes a lot of sense. There's, um, I don't know how familiar you are with um, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, do you know, I remember watching it in the 80s, but I've not revisited it for a long time. Well, there's a, there's a thing in the in the uh, original radio series and the books called The Total, uh, Total Perspective Vortex. And it sounds like this is something that you've built for yourself. And it was basically... Um, a device that showed you your place in the universe. So it's a, a microscopic dot and a microscopic dot with a tiny little marker saying you are here. And it was just a way that you could see yourself in perspective, um, you know, th- th- through the whole universe. And it sounds like you've kind of got a version of that for yourself on Earth, which I quite like. Well, do you know, now you put it that way, I feel like, and you know, you've just like brought a a real flashback back from my school days because Mm. there was a boy I went to school with and he used to call himself Zaphod Beevilbrox or whatever. And that's from Hitchhiker's Guide. So, you know, you've literally like made me revisit my youth in the first five minutes of our (laughs) interview. Oh, yes. Well, we'll we'll get onto the full regression session uh, a little bit later. Um, (laughs) um, So you, you, you fly a fair bit. Do you have any... Like, do you have any rituals or things that you've you've absolutely got to do or take with you when you're when you're flying long haul, especially? Well, I'm laughing out loud now because if you'd have asked me that three months ago, I would have said bloody Marys. Ah, yes, I, that's my flying drink. I love a bloody Mary before, after, or during flights. Mm-hmm. But I stopped drinking alcohol about two and a, two and a half months ago, so I suppose now it's got to be just be the tomato juice. But uh, yeah, Bloody Marys up until three months ago, I would say was definitely my ritual. There is something about what what happens to us when we when we get several thousand feet in the air that we go. I'm going to have an alcoholic tomato juice drink but I don't uh, with Worcester sauce in it. Because it's delicious. I always think it really helps to... I never get nervous. I'm not a nervous Mm -hmm. guy. I enjoy it. I get bored. I think that's the thing about (laughs) It's I find it incredibly boring. But I think another thing that's changed, because when I first started doing long haul, it was before you had like the really good media, you know, your own TV. And I can remember my first long haul flight, we always had to watch the same TV programme as everybody Mm -hmm. else, you know, on that. And you didn't even have a screen in front of you. It was like a way miles away so um, I don't know but I think that's where the bloody I must have seen maybe a James Bond movie somebody was having a movie <laughs> in there or something and it was like oh yeah I'll have one of those and that started to be my flying drink I can recommend uh, a Virgin Mary because it still packs a bit of a kick uh, with the Tabasco and all, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I went through a little phase, uh, phase of um, of drinking Bloody Mary because I went off the booze for a bit and I, but I wanted something that still sort of you know gave you a, gave you a kick of something and so uh, yeah it's always an option um, yeah, no, I'll try that next time. Speaking of, um, of of entertaining yourself, then what what do you do long haul? What is your you know how how do you keep yourself from from going stir crazy? So, Mark, I'll tell you a little story again. I think I'm quite tech savvy. 
Um, I've got like my husband's a software developer and I've got two teenage sons. The team that work with me, they're all young. So we go to Kuwait and I'm sitting there going, oh, the TV package is really bad. There's not much um, stuff around uh, movies that I really, really want to watch. And I was like, oh. And I'm watching Kaya and she's got her iPad and I wondered what she was doing. I thought, is she doing work on that iPad? What's she doing on that iPad? And she's watching away and watching away and I'm bored, like literally bored. (laughs) So when I got off the flight, I said, what were you doing on the iPad? She goes, I was watching all my programs from Netflix that I've downloaded. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't even know you could do that. So now what I've started to do is download um, things that I really want to watch on Netflix and I watch that on the, the flights and also um, Audible. I've discovered Audible, so I listen to books on Audible. But one of the difficult things I've got is that they make me fall asleep. So again, I don't know whether that's a positive or a negative. So <laughs> yeah, definitely my top tip for anybody that's not downloading Netflix on their iPad is get that done. It's amazing. It is. It's it's a revelation. Um, I, uh, I was recently uh, away having a little um, writing retreat and it was where there was no no Wi-Fi. I had a bit of 3G, but I wasn't going to rinse my 3G by uh, by watching Netflix. So I downloaded an entire series that I knew I'd be able to binge over the week. And it is, it's 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 uh, it's fantastic. You can't do it with everything, but a lot of Netflix stuff, yeah, you can I do mean, it. It's- absolutely. And, and not only Netflix, now that, I mean, I watch a lot, I love a good drama. Mm-hmm. So BBC dramas, I'm watching Peaky Blinders at the yep. moment. So all these kind of shows, you can really, really just watch anywhere, which is, is, is fantastic. The future is here. Um, so let's let's um, let's crack on with, uh, with with building this list here. Um, why don't you give me your your first um, absolute number one favourite long haul destination? Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go for my number one as Cape Town. Oh, tell me all about Cape Town. So I moved to Cape Town. I turned 21 on the flight um, mm. to live in South Africa. And I lived there for almost two years. And I would say that Cape Town is one of the most naturally beautiful, naturally beautiful cities that I have ever visited or ever lived in. The culture, um, again, South African people or people from Cape Town, it's a mixed boiling point of people, really. It's it's got a really um, very diverse culture, but just lovely. and. Beautiful, beautiful sea, beautiful restaurants, and beautiful memories. I loved it. And again, as a as a young person, I was twenty one, twenty two, twenty three when I lived there. It was amazing, and I would I've not been back since. And it is on my list to revisit. I, I can I, I mean just just looking at looking at the photos. I've uh, I've never been to South Africa, um, but it's um, it's not on my list. But it was very very nearly on my list because it's it's a it's a place that I'd um that I'd very much like to visit but I hadn't even thought about Cape Town specifically so um so that's that that's a really interesting one because it does look absolutely gorgeous and you've got Table Mountain and oh, yeah just yeah. a lot to see incredible and just um like the food is brilliant the scenery is brilliant the people are brilliant uh, just literally, naturally beautiful. When I close my eyes, I can think of some amazing memories from Cape Town, which is why I've chosen it as my number one. That's a great choice. Um, so you turned 21 on your flight. What did that involve? Did you? Was there a celebration? Was there a Bloody Mary involved? Do you know, so <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> At that time, I flew from Glasgow 
and the flight went to Johannesburg and you had to change at Johannesburg to get to Cape Town. And there's a lot of expats in South Africa. And at the time, my sister and my brother-in-law were living in, um, they were in Cape Town at that time, but they lived in Johannesburg before and their friends who are also Scottish picked me up at the airport for the gap between the flights. And they had a braai, which is the South African version of a barbecue. Mm had these things. Oh, Mark, are you ready for this? Oh, it's nicer than a bloody me. meal. It's called a Don Pedro and it's like an alcoholic milkshake. Ooh. Oh, okay. um, so I had a lot of Don Pedro. So <laughs> by the time I got to Cape Town, like the plane was flying on its own, I think. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was really uh, lovely and it was a lovely way to spend my 21st. And again, very different to everybody else in Scotland who, my birthday's in November, so they were all freezing. I'm sitting with my shorts <laughs> on, drinking the Don Pedro's, hanging out at the swimming pool. So great memories from Cape Town. Absolutely. Cool. Um, okay, I'm going to go with, these are from, some of these are from personal experience. Some of these are just places that I want to go to. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with Australia. Um, and specifically Australia via Singapore, because uh, in 2000, at the end of 2007, the day after Boxing Day, my brother and I flew out to go and see my parents uh, in, uh, in Sydney, and we went via Singapore, and that was great. Um, I mean, the weather was awful, but we uh, sat in a restaurant where they give you a, a hot um, granite, you know, a hot slab of, of granite or whatever, whatever the stone is, uh, and they then bring a selection of meat out to you. Uh, and you just sit and cook your own meat on this, you know, uh, sizzling hot stone. Um, and that was really good. Uh, and that was Singapore. And then, and then, um, you know, another 11, 12 hours, uh, on, on the flight over to, uh, to Australia. So that was a lot of film watching, I think about three, three or four films and something else, you know, pre, pre iPad days. Um, and, uh, and Australia itself was, was remarkable, you know, it just, just the, the, the bit that we saw, um, you know, we, we went skydiving. Walked across the the Harbour Bridge, um, went into um, a Sub Zero bar where you you have to wear this this parka uh, and you sit and have a, a cocktail or whatever, and, and everything's made out of ice. Um, and you know, saw the Opera House and and all these things, and it was it was a a, a marvelous trip. And then on the way back, stayed in Singapore for about eight hours, absolutely exhausted because the trip back is always a nightmare. Um, but it was it was a, a wonderful time, and. Um, a long, long trip, but I would do it again. Well, I think that we've got a snap here because I have got Sydney on my top list as well. Fantastic. So I've got a match in there. Excellent. Uh, for me, I lived in Sydney. So I lived in mm. Australia for a couple of years as well. So a little, great memories of Sydney. So I think we've got a snap. We've got Fantastic. one that matches. Excellent. Yep. Uh, that, this is good. We may have more. Um, so why don't you tell me what's next on your list? Um, well, I think my next one is LA uh, or mm. California specifically. I feel that I am a California girl that was born in the wrong body <laughs> and in the wrong, in the wrong town. I love, I love California. Uh, so is it the, is it the weather? Is it the lifestyle? What is it that, that uh, specifically you like? Yeah, I like the fact it is pretty much all round sun. Um, I live. I lived at Venice Beach again on this. I travelled for six years, so that's why mm -hmm. I've got quite, you know, and it was all kind of long-haul destinations. Um, but I have gone back and visited LA a couple of times or, or the south. And, yeah, I, I just, 
you know when you go somewhere and you just get the vibe mm. i get the vibe and a lot you know and again as a sales trainer it's quite an interesting one a customer service trainer i love the service in the states i love the whole have a nice day now mm-hmm. I, I love all that sort of stuff so to me um yeah that definitely features highly um we did a, a six-week tour um we flew into Vegas, drove across to LA, down to San Diego, and then up to San Fran a couple of years ago with the kids as a family. And oh uh, yeah, just I just love it. I love the, food. <laughs> you know, I love it. There's a bit of a theme here. I love the mm-hmm. food. I just um, everything. I just I just love it. The scenery and that whole um, Pacific Highway drive. Ah, oh, I could just see. That right now <laughs> yes uh, i want to be there um well i've gone uh i think the opposite coast uh with with my with my number two um i've been to so uh america us wise i've been uh, a fair bit of, of the south so texas um florida and Atlanta, uh, georgia um and I've enjoyed all three of those. Uh, Texas, I, I want to live in Austin, Texas. That's that's kind of my dream. Um, but in terms of a long haul destination, um, my number two is New York. Uh, see, I've not got that on my list. I'm not a huge fan of New York. I so when I was there, I was in Manhattan, and Manhattan is not my speed. Um, it is sort of you know bustly and and very very business focused and and that kind of thing, which is. It was amazing to look at and it was great to be there for the sort of four or five nights that I was and, and you know, great to be uh, a short walk from Times Square and, and I was, oh, it was on a working, a working trip. So I got to sort of walk through Times Square to get to where I was, uh, where I was going. Um, but there's just something about being in New York and, you know, I went on my last day, I went to go and see the, did, did a bus tour, open top bus tour. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, got the fer- the free ferry over to Staten Island just to look at the look at the Statue of Liberty. Didn't you know you you can pay to go and and get further in, you know and, and have a look. And I didn't bother. I just wanted to see it and and take a couple of photos and you know the flat iron building and 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 the you know all of these things. Absolutely, absolutely wonderful. As a, as a sort of destination, I think it's great. As a you know, it, 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 weirdly enough, um, uh, I had one evening where I met a friend who lived in Brooklyn. And Brooklyn, I thought, you know what? This is great. There's a, there's a town near me called Hansworth, which is where, um, I think it's where band, uh, possibly UB40, I think had, uh, m- might have come up. Um, but it's just like a, just a, you know, a kind of tenement kind of place and, you know, terraced houses everywhere and just like a normal place that, you know, could, could do a bit of, do with a bit of love, but it's got a lot of character in it. And Brooklyn just felt like that to me. And I was like, oh yeah, Brooklyn, I think I could enjoy. Do you know, so for me, it's interesting. I'm a one season kind of girl. Sure. I only do summer, so I could okay. get a miss. And that's the thing. I mean, I've been to New York twice, both in the summer, touch wood. But just the fact that it does have seasons puts me right off. <laughs> yes, I, I'm starting to see why California rates so highly. Yeah, yeah, it's all about the weather. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. I was, yeah, I was there in winter. Um and everybody warned me, you've got to make sure you wrap up warm and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I did, but it wasn't that bad. And it wasn't snowing, which is a shame. I didn't get to see the skaters on Central Park. Oh, no, see that just literally. 
<laughs> well, I don't think you're going to appreciate my next pick. Uh, but um, why don't you give me? Uh, why don't you tell me what's next on yours? Um, so I've gone a little bit off piste for number four. I have gone with Shanghai. Oh yeah, is that on yours? It's not, but I uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate the addition. Yeah. So for me, I went there. Um, Again, time, because I'm living in this universe with Saffold Beevilbrock's time <laughs> disappears um, on a global mission. So I went with Enterprise Nation mm. um, and Lord Maud on a, a, a just a global mission to find out about export and, and, you know, working around the world. And I loved it. A, I loved it. I love this one specifically, I think because of the people. The people on the trip were just absolutely amazing and I'm still friends with some of the people who were there now. I think it shocked me because it was so Western. I mean, I wasn't oh, wow. expect- didn't know what to expect, mm. but I- it wasn't what I expected. Um, I loved it because, again, I'm a bit of an extrovert in there, Mark. I stood out like a sore thumb, like <laughs> large i'm scottish i'm blonde and i wear pink uh literally <laughs> people people were doing this really dodgy thing you know and like somebody's got their camera and they're trying to take a picture without it looking like you're taking a mm-hmm. picture and they're like holding the camera up like looking away but they're taking a picture of me as i walk past <laughs> it was weird um but again the social life was brilliant there's like a uh, hotel. It's a Radisson hotel, but it, it looks a bit like a pointy, needly thing, and it's got like a. I, I was calling it the the moon in the sky or whatever it was, and they had like a band in there at night time, and it was just like it was just amazing. And I did a little river trip down the the Bund and uh, met some cool people. Just uh, it just really surprised me, and especially the the malls and things. It's very very western and like the shops all the designer label anything that's british they'll buy anything with a union jack flag on it mm. again really surprised me and i learned a wee bit more about business so yeah shanghai is on my list that's uh that's a, a great pick so when you're when you're traveling are you, are you really keen on sort of meeting meeting locals and, and getting getting into the not just the touristy culture but really just meeting everyday everyday people Oh, I love it. I mean, I think I was even like that when I travelled, when I lived in Sydney or when I lived in Australia. It's a weird little vortex for people because people go on the backpacker trail and, you know, they do the same things, they stay in the same hostels. And it's basically like a bit like Benidorm. Mm. You know, they want to do what they do at home, but they want to do it in yep. the sun. They want to hang out with the people that they hang out with at home. I specifically made a point of not wanting to do that. So when I lived in Sydney, I had a flat share with all all local people that I worked with and my background's hospitality. So I worked in um, hotels and I'm still really good friends with the people that I work with there who are all Australian. So I know that if I ever go back to Sydney, then I'm never going to be short of somewhere to stay. Oh, that's always a bonus. Mm, mm. Yeah. If you, if you know that wherever you can go, or th- th- there's a, a certain number of places where you can be uh, assured of um, even a, a sofa to sleep on, then uh, then that's always a good thing. Yeah, I like. I just like to experience the culture as as other people see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm dissatisfied with my next item, so I'm going to take it off the list. Oh, yeah. are you going to tell us what it was? But I will. Was- I mean, it's it's just a place I want to go to, but it's not really a. It's. I mean, it just doesn't stack up against what we're talking about here. So I, you know, I know I can jettison it straight away, uh, but I want to go to Canada. Um, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna offer that uh, or discuss it. I'm. I'm. I. I think I'm gonna move on to Egypt. Oh, 
oh no, I, I, I'm going to jump back to Canada. Okay. Because um, Canada was nearly on mine. Ah. So um, Toronto, we've got, I, I visited there. I did another six week trip around um, from New York up to Buffalo, up to Niagara, up to Toronto. And I've got a huge family there. My, my auntie was a war bride. So she moved across from from Glasgow mm-hmm. to Toronto or London, London, Ontario, is really, um, and she had a big family. So that was nearly on mine. So even though it has got that, it's afflicted with that seasonal weather type. <laughs> Very much. Um, again, for me, the people are really important. So that was almost yeah. on mine. So um, okay. back to Egypt, never been. Mm. Don't really want to go. Ah. Okay, you see, it, that's interesting because I kind of feel like that about China and Japan. I'm, I'm kind of interested in them, and I'd like to look at them, but I don't think I, I'm not that fussed about going there. Whereas Egypt, I think I would quite like to go. What is it about Egypt that that you have reservations uh, around? So, I'm worried about safety. Mm. Um, um, yeah. uh, and again, you look. I know that you can get a really nice, cheap, all inclusive holiday to Egypt, and I don't mean like the. <laughs> Not underneath the pyramids or anything like that, but on the <laughs> coastal parts. But I just, I've, I've heard some horror stories about the, you know, tummy upsets. And mm. again, as I mentioned about Shanghai, I'm large, I'm blonde, I'm pink. I kind of stand out. And if you're going to look for a target, you can't <laughs> something that's going to stand out. So I think, um, and also my husband, who I did mention earlier, he would never go. I mean, literally, he just is very risk averse. Okay. So any slight risk in there. So it would mean I'd have to go on my own. And I don't want to do that. No. So yeah, Egypt's not on the radar. Okay. All right. That's fair enough. I Yeah, I, I, I don't have uh, a strong... Paul, but I, 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 I'm interested in, like, I'm not a ma- massive sort of architecture person, but I do sort of, I do think about that. And, and I, I've, uh, I had a friend, uh, a very good friend who was my travel buddy for a while. Um, and uh, he was from Egypt and yeah, I mean, he didn't tell me lots of things that make me think uh, that's absolutely somewhere I want to go, but there's just, there is a, I don't know, I think a mystery and a, 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 a pull uh, in that direction. Um, probably as, as someone who's traveled a lot on my own, definitely don't want to travel to Egypt on my own, but walking hand in hand with someone and, and looking at things or just sitting on a beach. Yeah. I reckon I could dig that. Um, I want to pick up on that. Okay. And again, is that uh, for the listeners? Cause I travel, I love to travel. Mm-hmm. On my own. I guess it's, maybe it sounds a little bit selfish, but when I did the six years, I travelled on my own and I, I just found it really liberating that I didn't, I wasn't at the, you know, the beck and call of anybody who's yeah. like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, no, I want to do that. I just did whatever I wanted to do. And I think that for me was a great way to travel because it allowed me to see places. And again, I, I think it restricts you in some ways, as you said there, you know, sometimes it is restrictive, but definitely I can see the, you know, the positives of travelling on my own. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done it for um, mainly for for conferences, and um, it it is a great way to see. You know, conferences are a great excuse to go and and see a place that you wouldn't typically think to go. Yeah, um, especially if you can, you know, book an extra day and and then go and and actually have a walk around and and see the place on foot. Um, but yeah, it, there, there is there is a lot to be said for 
being on your own schedule and and like, like you say, you know, not being at anyone else's beck and call, not having to be on someone else's um, time frame. Uh, it, it's yeah, it is. It is great, and there's lots of people who just don't do it, and I think it is a great shame, especially if you've got the means um, and and the time to do it once or twice. It's worth it's worth doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it is interesting as well that a lot of women don't do it because they don't feel confident enough mm-hmm. to do it. So I think that opens up other issues about other things. Mm. Um, but oh no, I literally, I just love it. I love the airports on my own. I love the. Oh, I just love it. That's actually bad. Don't please don't tell my husband and my family. But although I think they know already. <laughs> no, I get it. Especially things like airports, because I like I take my time. Uh, in certain aspects, like I'm always trying to think, okay, where exactly do I need to go? And and it's nice to not feel pressured, like someone else is dragging you along. And, All right, we've got to be here now. You've got to get to this bit. Yeah. I'll get there on my own time. Um, yeah, I do like that. And I'm always yeah. here, so it gives me plenty of time. Whereas, yeah. you know, when other people are running in different time zones and uh, times, it drives me mad. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There is a there is a good game you can play, and I think it's better when you can play it with other people. And as someone who travels a lot, I wonder if you've ever done this. Um, it's a sort of a reverse chicken game that you play with other people who are getting on uh, on a plane um, when you're all sat in the departure lounge waiting to get on, and and the um, uh, the passengers are being called. Uh, you know, the, they're doing it section by section on the plane. Um, as people are queuing up and going on the plane, the the idea is to see if you can outlast other people, if you can be the last person to get on the plane, then you win the game. Um, and so it's a sort of reverse game of, uh, of which one blinks last. Uh, and that you, you will often find there are other people who are playing the same game and you'll, you'll, you'll whittle it down and it'll just be you and one or two other people. Uh, and you're all sort of going, who, who's going to blink first? Who's going to get on the plane before me? And it's, um, yeah, it's just a little game you can play. And it's, it's nice because not everyone has to be playing for you to still win. <laughs> well, do you know what? I think I play that in a reverse order to you because I always like to be the first one on the plane. Yeah. I like to end before anybody else. So it's like, I just, just like to be in. I like to know my bags are in. I just like to be in. So I, I don't play that game. I'm one of those really pushy people that likes to be at the front of the queue and first in. Speedy boarding. <laughs> Every time. Speedy boarding. Uh, so what's what's next on your list? Uh, my last choice is Dubai. Ah, yes. This should have been on my list. It really should have. I love Dubai. I'm a huge Dubai fan. Um, what what about Dubai um, cap- captures your interest? So remember, I've only got one season. So oh, yes. oh, yes, of course. It, it really does work <laughs> for the one season kind of me. Um, although sometimes it does get incredibly hot. But I've been, uh, I've been lots of times. And I think the first time I went was I, I talked about when I lived in Sydney, my friends are all Australian. So my friend moved from Sydney. She's from, actually from Wagga Wagga, not Sydney. Um, and she lived then in Darwin. And then she was in Singapore. And then she would he- she was headhunted to Dubai to work for Jumeirah. So she was uh, really high up in the Jumeirah Hotel Group. Mm. And the first time we went, she had this, she get when she worked for them, she had this red card. And it would be in the front of the car. So every single time you drove into any of the Jumeirah properties, the staff would know that, you know, there's a VIP 
coming and staying and all the rest of it. So we just used to have people run around after us. Oh, Miss Julie's in the house. Oh, and her friend, Miss Alison, Miss Alison, Miss Julie. So we used to really get looked after really well. And we ended up, the first time we stayed, we stayed at the um, Burj Al Arab. So the Seven Star Hotel. So we stayed there for free. And we had like champagne and caviar. We stayed in it. It's like a two-floor mezzanine. And it was free. So literally, you can't turn that one down. No, you can't. So A, that was brilliant, and B, I get to see my friends. So I do go out. I was there a couple of months ago um, before it got too hot, and I was doing some work out in Dubai, and I ended up, you know, I stayed with some friends for a couple of days and got an Airbnb down at the marina, and just, and they've really developed it over the last, I would say, um, maybe five or six years. It used to have a lot of the beaches were all private beaches linked to the hotels. Now they've got more communal beaches and communal places. And um, I love it. And, and you know, talking about flying, the last time I went, I had I found randomly quite a lot of points from previous um, visits. Mm. So I managed for the first time to upgrade the flight to upper class with Virgin. So I was definitely not going to be last one on that no, flight. Um, and I've, I've traveled business class before. I've traveled economy class. I've traveled, you know, normal class. But this was really something else. And, oh, I'd love to do that all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, even the clients don't pay for that one, but just amazing. Loved it. Well, my um, a friend of mine from, from school, his, um, his dad was a professor of African studies and he used to get uh, lots of flights to, to all, all sorts of, uh, of places. And I think, um, oh no, it's a, a, a study of, I think it was Jamaican studies specifically. And so he'd fly a lot to Jamaica. And he used to get put on, uh, he, he, it was always a first class ticket that he'd be given. Um, and what he did every time is he would trade in the first class ticket for four tickets. Uh, and, and so the whole family could go. And so the whole family ended up getting lots of trips to Jamaica, which is, um, nice. yeah, so nice. it's, it's, it's nice work if you can get it. Yeah. I, literally, I'd be like, the family can all be up the back. I'm <laughs> in the front. Thanks very much. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, snap that little divider shut. Uh, thank you. I'll see you in 12 hours. Yeah, see ya. I mean, it's quite interesting because some of the times you do see that with the pilots. Yeah. Not obviously the pilot that's flying the plane, <laughs> but they're getting their, their flights and stuff and the pilot will be up the front and the kids and the mum or that, you know, again, that sounds a bit sexist, but whoever will be there and then halfway through they'll change and then they get the, the nice seat and then the, the other one goes back. I see that happening quite a lot, which is, it's lovely because it's just nice to experience that. Absolutely. Um, okay. So I've got a choice for my, for my final one. Um, and I'd, I'd like your help in, in deciding whether we talk about, because uh, we just mentioned Jamaica. So I've got Jamaica and Brazil. Oh, Jamaica was on my list. I literally scored it out. If you could see my pad right now, <laughs> I was married in Jamaica. I love Jamaica. Oh, wow. Literally. I, the other two that didn't quite make the list were Hawaii, which I love as well, and Jamaica. So, uh, yeah, every time. Brazil, uh, do you know what? I, it's never really, it's on the radar, mm-hmm. but I just feel that I've got too many inches on my hips to go there. <laughs> It always seems so glamorous, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And um, yeah, I mean, there's also the there's also the kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that part of the reason Jamaica didn't make mine because it's it is very it's a tale of 
two, two, not to the two cities, but it, you know, it's got this really, really high tourism and you know, really high quality of life. And then the people who live there, it's quite poverty. Yeah, this is very much a, a concern of mine as well. Mm. And it's a shame because like I've been twice, we got married there. So we got married at um, Oches Rios, so up by Duns River Falls. And then a couple of years ago, we went to, um, oh, I can't remember where it was, Negril. So somewhere near Negril. So I do, but, you know, as you drive through to get to these beautiful resorts, you just see some very unfortunate sites. And I think that's why it didn't make the list. I wish they could have more equality over there. That's something I think I'd like to see. But again, if you don't go as a tourist, you're not feeding you know, the economy either. So it's a very difficult one from a standpoint to take. Do you say, no, I'm not going because of the poverty in the country? And how does that not going and putting the, t- the tourist money in affect the country as a whole? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think um, Brazil is, is an interesting one as well because of this the, the vast difference um, in, in, in poverty. Um, mm. I think I, you know, I, I met, uh, I was good friends with a, a middle-class family from Brazil and they were like, um, pro- probably the the middle class family in Brazil because there's just not that many. You know, you, you tend to be either very wealthy or, or or very not. And and I guess Jamaica is even more stark because mm. a lot of it is just they they don't have the opulence unless it's for the tourists. Whereas people in Brazil actually do live quite lavishly or can live quite lavishly. Whereas yeah. I guess it's it's not quite the same in Jamaica. So yeah, it is. It's it is. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one, especially if you've got some form of a social conscience yeah and I, I mean it's so interesting because the people in jamaica are so lovely i mean from the first time um not the first time when we got married but the last time we went over on holiday they were just so accommodating you know that welcoming beautiful beautiful people and i'm still facebook friends with some of the people from mm. jamaica that i met there and but they'll comment on my staff or i'll comment on their stuff and i just think it's um it's a shame to see how they, you know, how they live, because what they see when they come to work and what they experience when they're at home, and yet it doesn't get them down. They stay positive. They're a really upbeat culture. So I love them from that for that. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we've got, we've got, we've got six. Um, I think what, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to knock one of these off and then, and then figure out what our order is going to be. So we've got Cape Town, California, Sydney, Shanghai, Dubai, and Jamaica. Um, I've, I've sort of taken, uh, obviously we, we both had Sydney, we both had an American city, so I'm quite happy that, that we go with California. My only concern is that we are very much living in one climate. <laughs> we are literally, that's here. I am a one season kind of girl. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I could, I could knock off LA, mm-hmm. I could see California out because I have got a lot of sun in other places. Um, do we do we want to represent the states? I'm, I mean, I, I I'm going to make a, a case for New York because it's kind of a hub, and then you can always explore places from yeah. from there. We could have New York as long as we have it from like May to August. <laughs> there you go, New York brackets <laughs> seasonal. Um, so um, okay, and I, I I I really like Cape Town. Sydney's got to go in there. So Shanghai, Dubai, and Jamaica. I think. What do you think? I think we can possibly jettison Jamaica from from what we've discussed. What do you think? I think for cultural reasons and for for the, the disparity of wealth, let's dump Jamaica. 
which is what I'd originally got in my list. Sure. Okay. So sorry, Jamaica, but yeah, <laughs> and, and also sorry. Politics to be a little <laughs> yeah. bit more fair. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so mm, Cape Town, New York, Sydney, Shanghai, Dubai. I personally, just because it's New York, I kind of want to put New York first. But what do you think? Can, can we get away with it, or are, are you are you strongly in favour that that we put Cape Town first? Well, no, I think we should put Sydney first because oh. that, that was high for both of us. That was the joint one, so I think Sydney's first. I love it. Okay. Um, what do you? Okay, so New York and then Cape Town. What do you think? Um, I think New York and then Cape Town because we've both been to New York, mm-hmm. but we haven't both been to Cape Town. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then my my thinking is we go Dubai and then Shanghai. What say you? That's what I've got written down. My pad. Fantastic. All right, we are we are in agreement then. So, uh, number one, Sydney. We, uh, then New York, Cape Town, Dubai, and Shanghai. Alison Edgar, do you consent to this list? Yes, I do. I think that was really good negotiation skills as well. Well, before I let you go, um, where can people uh, keep up with uh, with the work that you're doing? And and why don't you um, give us in your words, um, tell us a, a bit about um, what you do and, and where people can find what you're up to. So um, I am Alison Edgar. I am the Managing Director of Sales Coaching Solutions, which works with teams to teach them how to sell their fantastic products and services. I am also the Entrepreneur's Godmother, which is on the entrepreneursgodmother.com. And I work with startup owners to teach them how to grow their businesses. And I am also Alison Edgar, twice voted one of the UK's top 10 business advisors, author of Secrets of Successful Sales, which is an Amazon number one and WH Smith's top 10 business book. And I speak at events all over the world and talk about entrepreneurship, which teaches employees to think like successful entrepreneurs, looking at how they work around their mindset, how they deal with their customer services and how they keep a sustainable profitable business so you can get me on all of my websites all of my social media i am at the alison edgar and on linkedin alison edgar wonderful now that is a that is a concise and um very well practiced sales personal sales pitch i like that it's like i teach it mark yeah it's almost as if that's exactly the kind of thing that you do as a as a living <laughs> just about yeah <laughs> well that's wonderful um thank you very much for your time and uh i can't wait to start putting some more uh, some more pins on my map oh me too you've got me right in the mood for travel now i think i need a holiday yes time for some sun Maybe I should go off to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, there's yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll take a take a trip to Alpha Centauri. We'll we'll put that uh, as, as number six. 